Well, let's uh, let's pray before we get into this passage. It's a it's a um, it's quite a, an interesting passage, and we want to see what God has to say to us this morning through that. So, Father, we, we want to come before you now, and Lord, it's a it's a joy to be able to come together as your people. We want to say we, we exalt you in this place, Lord. You're welcome in this place. We ask that you would you would come and speak to us, that you would take this passage, and that you would. You would breathe upon those words and breathe it into our hearts, that you would identify stuff in us, that we, we may hear the word of the Lord this morning. Come and speak, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there was, um, in the early 2000s, there was a video that was, uh, a movie that was released to the cinemas uh, and it was called Catch Me If You Can. Uh, one, of those, one of those classic type of movies, it was starring Leonardo DiCaprio and it was based on the true story of a guy, I've got his name here, Frank Abigail, something like that, Frank, we'll call him Frank. Um, in, the, in the 60s, he was uh, a resident of New York and moved into the New York City at the age of 16 and he realised pretty quickly that it's pretty costly to live in this place called New York so he was, a, he was a pretty intelligent young man and in fact he was pretty good at de- deception. And what he did was he started to, back in the day we used to get money out of the bank through checks, he started to forge checks and he realised that if you went in there really confidently uh, you could actually bank some pretty large checks and he ended up in the, in the 60s or, or early 70s, he ended up banking $2.5 million worth of checks. Uh, one thing he realised is he saw some pilots going in there one day and they kind of got the special treatment because they had the uniform and everything so he thought, I've got to get myself one of them. And uh, he, he got it, uh, got a uniform, a pilot's uniform and realised that uh, they just didn't ask any questions I and mean, they just handed money straight over to him when he banked cheques then. But he also realised that he, he, he didn't only, he wasn't able to only get checks out really easy, money out really easily, he was able to fly around the whole country for free. He'd go to the airport and they were like, ah, you're, you're flying up the, the front, yep, okay, and he would sit in the front with pilots. And I could, ima- could you imagine how nerve-wracking that would be? Impersonating a pilot, never flown a pl- plane before, having pilot chat. I, uh, I listened to... Ethan, my nephew, talk about um, pilot stuff and they, he talks like I know what, what he's talking about and um, a lot of it I've got no idea what he's talking about but uh, to, 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 he must have been really ingenious to be able to communicate at that level. He then went on to be a doctor and uh, studied for two weeks uh, medical books <laughs> and the hospital was so impressed with him, uh, forged documents that they actually put him in charge of the internship program. And, and he kind of just used that internship program, kind of just went around the hospital and, um, and they'd have a case and he would just ask his intern doctors. And uh, that worked for a while until he had a little boy with a broken leg and he thought, uh, I'm out of my depth here. And he moved on, then went and became a lawyer. Uh, studied for a little while as a, as a lawyer and uh, two weeks and uh, needed a special test, like a, a higher level test to be able to get into the specific law area that he was working in. And so he studied for that and uh, a couple of weeks and passed that as well. So incredible life. He ended up going to jail and, and then working for the FBI um, <laughs> after that. 
this, uh, these tales of deception, they, uh, they intrigue us. And I, I look at these Gibeonites and there's a, there's a sense in which in, in me I kind of go, those guys are pretty smart, like that's, that, that's pretty cluey, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, both the Gibeonites and also um, following this guy and catch me in you can, you know it's wrong but you also like, you're pretty impressed with, um, with what they're able to do and, and how cunning they can, they can be. These Gibeonites, this is, this is to another level. Okay, so they, they realise that, is, uh, that Israel is coming through under the power and influence of their, of their God into, and they have given their land over, uh, God has given their land to the Israelites. And they've, they've heard about these stories. Uh, we heard about it just before about um, Jericho and we hear, hear about how they, they took over AI as well. And to think, could you imagine those stories? Like Jericho was, was one of the most fortified cities you could imagine in the ancient world. And these guys walk around it and the walls come tumbling down. That's going to that's gonna spread some fear into the people. So uh, that's, that's exactly what happens. And the kings of the West, they start to gather together and start to make an alliance together and say, we, we, if we don't come together, we've got no chance against these Israelites. But the Gibeonites, they're a little bit smarter than the rest of the, kid, the kings. They go, you know what? If we go against these Israelites, it doesn't matter how many kings we have, it doesn't matter how many weapons we have, it doesn't matter how many soldiers we have, they've got God on their side and we're in big trouble. So they've got this other idea and their other idea is they're going to make a treaty with, uh, with Israel. I can kind of imagine them in their war room trying to work this out and they're like, if, if we just go to them, like God's given our land into their hands, there's, there's no way they're just going to go, okay, we'll make a treaty with you. So they start to fabricate this, this incredible plot, um, this incredible story and they pretend they're, they're, a, they're a tribe from far off, um, far outside of the land and a tribe that had heard about these incredible feats of the Israelites and their God. Uh, feats actually before Jericho, and it's, it's all part of the deception as well. And they, they go to, to quite some lengths. They, they get donkeys and they get a, a travelling uh, search party in a sense and they make sure the saddles are all, um, all, all crusty and, and yark and I'm sure they throw dirt over the donkeys and kind of rub it into its skin and... Um, they've got the wineskins and they're all, all patched and breaking and the sandals are all breaking and they put on like your, your, your out in the backyard type clothes and not only that, even their bread that they're carrying is mouldy and, and dry. That, they, they are setting up the scene. This is, a, this is a masterful disguise. And they come in to the Israelites and uh, I don't know who would have met them first but there's some, some, some people that meet them first and then Joshua comes into it and both the Israelites and Joshua have a number of questions. Something checks in them and they're not quite sure. But they check out the bread and they check out the sandals and they check out the, the, everything. They, they hear about them saying, we've heard about you, God. He's, he's amazing. We want to serve you. And they're thinking, sounds pretty legit. This sounds, this sounds pretty right. And we, we get to this verse, verse 14. And it says this, it says, The Israelites sampled, 
That word could be translated they examined, they, they looked at, they, uh, they inquired deeply. They sampled their provisions but they did not inquire of the Lord. That, that verse there, it, it, is, it has stayed with me for the last few weeks. That, that is a powerful verse. The Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. Why didn't they inquire of the Lord? Why didn't they do that? They, they wouldn't have made this... The, the, the inference here is that they wouldn't have made this mistake if they had inquired of the Lord. You know, I, when I think about this, I, uh, I kind of look at myself and I put myself in that situation. These guys had the, the Ark of the Covenant with them. This was God's presence with them. They'd just come out of this great victory in, in Jericho and Ai and, and going all the way back into Egypt and all the stuff that happened there and getting across the sea and, and the stuff on, on the, um, with Moses and the tablets and they've got this, this incredible history of God speaking into situations and God moving in situations. And here they just go with their own experience. They go with their own mind and they don't think about him. And we can think like... What are you doing, Israelites? What are you doing, Joshua? But how often do we find ourselves in this very same situation? That, that's what hits me. I was thinking about, about me and I was, I was thinking about we have the living, indwelling Holy Spirit, God with us. They have the Ark of the Covenant. We have, we have God with us. And yet so often we're just like those Israelites. We come to a situation and we go, we've got it. Now I think, I think sometimes we don't realise just how, how much we don't have it. Came into, Julia doesn't know this, I'm, she's here now. <laughs> came into the kitchen the other morning and here's Levi and he was up on the, up on the counter and he had like this, this really sharp kitchen knife. Uh, one of those ones that I'd just sharpened before. And he had a watermelon that he'd found in the fridge. And he was cutting it up for him and Aloise. And uh, I just, um, I, yeah, I freaked when I saw him up there because I know what knives can do, especially with watermelons. Uh, they're incredibly difficult to get through. But he just looked at me like, what are you doing, Dad? I've got this. It's, oh, it's all good. I wonder how much we do that got this God and God's just going oh if only you knew just ask me and I'll help been talking about this word faith up here for the last few weeks been talking about what it means to live a life by faith and we've been saying that it's it's more than just thinking it's more than just believing in God it's more than just believing in his promises it's it's actually acting upon them Living into that, living, living out the reality of, of what we believe. We, we use the example often of, of like a seat. We can believe that it's going to hold us and it's not until we actually sit in it that we actually, uh, that we actually put our faith in that, that seat. Faith is, is an action. It's, it's, it's something we do. Faith is, is something that we, there's, we don't just have leaps of faith. Faith is an everyday thing. 
for, for a believer, for a follower of Jesus. Every day we're, we're believing the promises of God and we take step by step by step in faith. Constantly walking in faith with God. It's out of those, those walks every day that sometimes he asks us to take a bigger step. And uh, in relation to this passage this morning, the Israelites sampled their provisions but they did not inquire of the Lord. When we're looking at faith, to inquire of the Lord, to ask of the Lord, is a step of faith. It's an incredibly important step of faith. It's a step of humility. It's, it's acknowledging the, the, what we believe about God, that he is interested in our lives, that he is powerful, that he is a God that gives revelation, he is a God that guides us. And it's when we come to him and, and, and not just spin things through in our minds, but come to him and say, God, what, what, what do you have to say for in this situation? God, would you act in this situation? It's an act of faith. I uh, want to just share with you a few stories of, that's in, in relation to, to this particular passage and uh, faith expressed by inquiring of God. Last week after church, I went out to the, to the playground out there and I was watching the kids and... Uh, that's always, um, always interesting to see the way they uh, make, sure, make sure our kids don't, don't jump on any other kids. And, um, but I was standing next to Lindell Sharon and I asked her if I could share this story with you today. She, uh, her, her, her daughter, um, Noreena, is in England at the moment. And they've been there for, for quite a while now. They have uh, some, some re- really little kids and in England, hasn't been very, very fun uh, recently. They've been in lockdown for a long time. Uh, Noreena and her husband have been away from, uh, away from family and it's been, been quite isolating and quite difficult. Um, and what, what they've... They, Lindell and, and Craig have been wanting to get over to see their, their grandson or granddaughter? Granddaughter, okay. Should have got these details. Um, their granddaughter for, for nearly 18 months now and haven't been able to, to get over there. Uh, so now our borders have started to open up and they have booked a flight. Actually, they left on Friday and they went over there and they're, they're probably with their granddaughter uh, right now and they're probably in arena and they're really excited to be able to do that. But they wanted to come home with them back to Australia and as you can imagine, flights are pretty difficult at the moment to be able to get on and um, they're, they're pretty full and there's not many happening at the moment. So the flight that Marina and her husband and the kids were coming back on, um, there was no room on it at all. And the only room that they had was some business class tickets. Now there's a bit of a problem there because business class is up the top and economy is down the bottom and that doesn't work very well for helping um, with, with family. And also tickets were 25 grand um, each. So it wasn't really an option. So... Uh, so they, they, they put themselves on a list just in case there happened to be a cancellation. And Lindell, was, she was reading through some cards that she had and, and on one of those cards it had the, the, a verse from Psalm 37 and it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And, and she, she, she lifted up to God. And, and these were her desires of her heart to be with her, little, with her family and to be able to help them to come back here to Australia. And um, she, she left that with God. She inquired of the Lord. A few days later, she got a call saying that there had been some cancellations. Uh, a couple of seats have, had come up in economy class and they said, yes, please. 
and uh, what they actually got a call later to find out is that the two seats that became available, the two cancellations were directly behind Narina. Isn't that wonderful? You might say, oh, well, coincidence. Maybe. But you know what I've found? Is that when we inquire of the Lord, when we inquire of God, coincidence seems to happen a lot. We'll speak of um, some experiences that Julia and I have had in relation to this. And um, uh, one of them is, is, is with some degree of, of shame. Uh, I, can, I can relate to this. The Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. brings back memories of in my life when I've gone with my own intellect, with my own wisdom and have forgotten or even chosen not to inquire of God's heart. Think of uh, when we were in France. We, uh, we were preparing to go to Togo and we had an opportunity to buy a property and everyone kind of said it would be a really good thing to do that uh, before you go over. Property market keeps going up and, and whatnot and uh, everything kind of uh, was, was working out. We, we found something that was, was really, really good and uh, it's... It was the type of scenario that it was such that uh, if, if we went to anybody, everyone was saying, it's, it's a, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is a good decision. And I was looking at it and it made total sense. We really, the rent would be paid, would pay the mortgage and, and everything. And I remember sitting on the bed in France uh, on the end of it and Julia was next to me and she said to me, she said to me, Andrew, have you, have you prayed about it? I remember saying to her, yeah, I've, I've prayed about it. And uh, I, I probably did pray about it, but I didn't really inquire of the Lord. Not, not deeply. We, you know when you can pray about something but not really inquire of the Lord. That's what I was doing. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd gone through it all. I'd talked it over with people. I knew what the right decision was. Made sense. Maybe I didn't even really want to know what God said, just in case he had something else to say. That uh, ended up being a pretty bad decision. Uh, It didn't work out very well at all. When we came, say that to let you know that we're all human-sized people. Next time we we came back to Australia and uh, we actually actually ended up selling uh, that place came back to Australia and we were, we were going to rent for a while. And what we, what we found is that it was, it was really hard to find a place and, uh, and it, was, it was actually quite expensive. So uh, we, we decided that, no, we would actually buy something. And we were looking around and, and we, it was really hard to find something suitable. Our budget was, was pretty small. And uh, we were looking at three-bedroom kind of fibro-type things. And Julia and I were, were talking about it and um, just saying, this is, this is really, really tough. And Julia said, uh, was talking to her mum and her mum said to her, Julia, just, just write down everything you need and everything you want and give it to God. In a sense, what she was saying is, inquire of the Lord. See if he has something to say here. And so Julia did that and, and we inquired of God uh, a couple of, couple of days later, we, we went 
and a place came up on, um, on the real estate uh, website. And I actually inquired about it, went there and uh, they said that in, in six months I was the very first person that was actually able to see this house because the former renters in there just kept saying that there was an emergency or something and wouldn't let anyone in to see the place. Uh, after I saw the place, it was above what we could, could actually afford and they said, you, you actually need to put an offer on this straight away because um, it, that they're really desperate to sell. And so we put it on an offer. We, we just put everything we had um, on, on this place, which was well below. And the, the real estate agent kind of laughed at it. Um, but he said he would give it to them, uh, gave it to them, and they kind of said no. And we said, like, we, we, we're really being honest here. Like, we, we don't have anything, anything more to put on that. And they came back and, uh, and they said, yep, yeah, you can have it. And it's amazing. That, that house, everything that Julia wrote down in that letter is exactly what is in that house. Everything. There's a difference when we inquire of the Lord. Coincidence? Maybe. But coincidences seem to happen a lot more often when we inquire of God. I want to finish by getting a, a quite practical. I want to look at um, three things. I want to be able to clear out some excuses for us, some roadblocks that often happen here. I want to look at exactly how this works. How does it work for us to inquire of God? What what does that look like? And then I want to look at some examples for our church of what's actually happening right at this moment. So clearing out some excuses or some, um, some, some difficulties in inquiring of God. First one is... We, um, we often have this sense that, that we've got it covered. Um, it's, we, like the Israelites, they, they, they had it covered. They had their, their wise men there. They had, um, they had all the evidence there in front of them. They had the testimony of these Gibeonites. They had it covered. In a sense, there is a, there's a sense of pride here. Think of these, these words that, um, that are written in Isaiah 55.9, it says this, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. This is God speaking. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Think of another passage being uh, 1 Corinthians 1. And it, says, it says that the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. It's not saying that God's wisdom is foolish in any way. What it's saying is that sometimes God's ways seem foolish. But what this passage is saying is that even the, the, the ways that seem foolishness, of foolishness to, to us are actually of great wisdom. First thing we need to get over is the hurdle of pride to come humbly before our God. Next one. Sometimes we have the sense that we just don't want to bother God. Like, with stuff that we can kind of do ourselves or at least think we can do ourselves, we, we just don't, we don't want to bother him. Um, I, I think of that in, in, in relation to the way we, we parent and I, I know when my kids come out sometimes and they want me to dress them and I know that they can dress themselves, these, our little ones, um, I know that they can dress themselves quite, quite well 
And I say, no, you can, you can dress yourself or you can dry yourself. Um, and, and sometimes we feel God might be a bit like that. Uh, God might be, if we, if we asked him about these simple things that we can work out ourselves, uh, maybe we might feel like, God, I'm, surely you can, um, God might say to us, surely, surely you can work this out. I don't think that is the type of relationship that God is inviting us into. God's inviting us into this, this deep partnership. I think we might actually know a little bit less than we actually think we know as well of situations. I think of a verse that Pastor Jeff used to remind us of often. This is the type of relationship that God wants to invite us into. It's a dependent, a rich dependent relationship. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not an insult, it's an invitation to a deep walk. It's an invitation to deep intimacy, to a partnership with a God who wants to walk with us, wants us to join us, join him in what he's doing. And then the, the last one is, what difference does it make? Maybe we've tried that before and it doesn't seem to make a lot of difference. In James uh, 4, 2 and 3, it says, You have not because you ask not. I wonder if, if sometimes we don't see the hand of God at work because we don't inquire of God. I wonder if sometimes we make bad decisions because we don't invite him to speak into our lives to speak into situations, to, to, to bring things up that we didn't even know existed until we inquired of God. He does that. Coincidences happen, but they seem to happen a lot more when we inquire of God. I think there might not just be coincidences. I think our God might actually be coming when we, when we invite him in. So how does, how does this work? How do, how do we inquire of God? What, what, does that, what does that look like in everyday stuff of life? We, we see the Israelites here, they, um, they, they, they weren't silly. Uh, they, uh, Joshua was, was, was a pretty wise guy and he was, he was there and these, these Gibeonites came to him and they, they look at everything but something, something checks in them. Do you, do you know when you get a check in life and, and there's just something that goes, hmm... Not sure if this is quite right, and that we see that because the Israelites actually start to ask some questions, like, uh, "Where have you come from? And uh, what, what, why, why are you wanting to make a treaty with us?" Something, something checked in Joshua's heart. There, he's wanting to know some more information. He's, he's, um, he's wanting to inquire more, to, to find out more, to make sure he's making a right decision. The problem with Joshua is, and the Israelites is what they didn't do. Once they, once they felt that check in their spirit, what they, what they did was that they started to go through in their mind. They started to, 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 to inquire of what they could touch and smell and feel and, uh, and what they could understand. That check, that check in our lives is always an invitation to come to God and say, God, what do you think? To ask of God, to inquire of God, to ask for his intervention, to ask for his revelation. 
What does that look like? Sometimes it looks like bringing a situation before God and saying, what, what do you think? What, what do you think here? And sometimes his answer of yes will be a, will be a deep peace. Just a, a deep peace in response to the way that you're going. Sometimes a, a no will look like a, a lack of peace and it will be an increasing lack of peace and maybe, maybe it will look like another piece of information is, has been revealed to you so that you can make a better decision. I've seen that over and over again where when, when you're faced with a situation everything seems so clear and you say, God, do you, do you have anything else you want to show us here? And then, boom, something else comes in. A new piece of information that totally changes the whole situation. Sometimes God even speaks in such a way that totally redirects the direction that we were going to take. You need to come to him humbly, expecting that he is going to work and expecting that he cares and wants to be involved in our everyday stuff of life. We'll finish by, by looking at uh, two particular things that's happening right now in our church that I think this passage applies to. One is uh, over the last few months, our, um, our expenses of our church have actually been more than our income in, in, in offering, in a sense. And uh, that's, um, so it's not a, not a massive problem. We, we, have, we have reserves. Um, but basically, you, you really don't want to be dipping down on reserves uh, for everyday expenses. We want to be looking to, forward to, to what God has for us and where we can invest that for the kingdom's sake. And what's that, what, what should our response be to that? Uh, when, I, when I think about it, our, our minds can start going straight away. That's, that's generally our we, we're fix-it kind of mindset. Uh, do, we, do we reduce expenses? Do we, do we, do we preach on, on some giving? Do we do, we, uh, do we do this or this or this? I think what, what the, the passage is telling us here, a way to apply this, is that the first thing that God's people, that a follower of, of, of God should do, that a church should do, is inquire of the Lord. Ask of the Lord. Ask the Lord of a thousand, of the cattle on a thousand hills. God, do you have some wisdom here? God, could you, could you intervene here? We saw this time and time and time again. When, when our budget would be under in Togo, there would be a temptation to, 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 to respond in, in, in my own rational way. And what God would often say is inquire of me. It's extraordinary what he would do. Another thing that I've been thinking about how this applies very directly into this moment is earlier this week you've, you've heard what has been said by the uh, Palaszczuk government in regards to uh, vaccines and, um, and it's, it's difficult. There's some, there's some real difficult decisions that are going to come up for our church in the next, um, the next few months. And I was, um, this, is, this is already starting to, to get around in the normal conversation. I, I actually came across two conversations in the last few days where, um, where it's already starting to split or starting to divide. People are starting to, to kind of make factions in a sense, of, um, of our, our rationalising through what our response should be to this. And I want to say, 
this moment, what we should be doing as a church at this moment is inquiring of the Lord. Come before him. Not, 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 not trying to overanalyze all the situation, but, but coming before God and say, God, do you have something to say into this? God, could you intervene for us? God, God could you speak into this? Give us favor. Give us great wisdom because we're going to have to make some really difficult decisions coming up. So don't allow this to, to divide us Allow it to bring us together. Jesus prayed so often for unity of the church. Allow us to bring us together that we may inquire of the Lord together. Do that in your home groups. Monday nights, it's going to be one of our focuses if you'd like to come to the prayer team, prayer group at 7pm. Wonder what area in your life that you might need God's intervention, that you might need him to speak into your life at this very time. Maybe there's an area that, that you thought you were right. You're like Levi up on the bench kind of cutting at the watermelon. You thought you're all fine and yet you need to humble yourself and come and inquire of the Lord. Maybe you thought, I don't, I don't want to bother God. God's saying, bother me. You're a branch and you're attached to me and I'm the vine. I want to be involved in every area of your life. Maybe you're thinking, what difference might it make? God is wanting to make a difference in our lives. I'm going to give us a a little bit of time now to inquire of God. Maybe there's some things in your life that have been been difficult. Maybe you've been trying to process it through with all your strategy and, and, uh, and God's saying, I'm at the door and I'm knocking. Let me in. I want to speak into this area in your life. I want to, I want to influence something here. I want to reveal to you something here. I, I, want to, I want to speak into your life here. I'm going to take a couple of minutes to invite the um, music team to come up. If we could just play something in the background. God, God spoke to me in the last couple of weeks as I, as I read this passage. You know, when, when God takes a, a verse and he kind of just, he breathes on it and he breathes into us and we, we sense that he's speaking to us. I'm wondering as, a, as an act of response, if God's been speaking to you, and uh, that's going to be different for each one of us. Each one of us is going to have a different story of how God speaks to us. I'm wondering if you, you might just want to raise your hand as a, as a, as a response saying, God, God, God's been speaking to me this morning. Would you do that now? Just raise your hand. Yeah. 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 God's been speaking to a number of us. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you and we, we, we hear this story of the Israelites. And Lord, we see ourselves so clearly in that so often. So often we're like Levi on the bench playing with stuff that we don't really know. You're there and, and, and you know everything and you love us and you want us to be connected to you as the vine and you, you, you're longing for us to ask for your, for your help and for your wisdom. So Lord, we, we bring these things into your hands. We bring them to, to your throne room and we say, Lord, these are, these are things that, that we, we want to bring them to you. We want you to speak into them. We don't want to do something that displeases you. 
So Father, I, I pray that you would respond with revelation. I pray that you would respond with insight. pray that you would respond by, by revealing things that have been hidden. And Lord, we think of those things of the church. We think of these, these difficulties in regards to COVID and, and we ask for your wisdom and we ask for your favour as a church. We know you spoke about unity, Jesus. We want to be united and we, we ask that you would... Father, we think of budget and, and what's, what's involved there and we come to you. We come to you as the, the God with a cattle on a thousand hills. We say, Lord, would you, would you provide for the needs of your church here? We want, a people, we want to be a people that don't just think but come to you in prayer and come to you asking that you would move amongst us. Lord, we thank you for the insight and the ways that you have designed us, but Lord, we want, to, we want to be grafted well into that vine. We want to receive everything that you have for us. So may we take just a couple of minutes before the music team leads us in that last song just to bring up personally those things that God has put on our hearts to give to him, to ask him to inquire of the Lord about. Amen.